Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's start. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. I've realized that um, us saying hello, ladies, and girlies has become a feature in the awd universe since we started collecting voice notes from our listeners which some of you may not know about but basically on patreon now everyone can kind of send in voice notes to reply about their thoughts comments and concerns on what we spoke about the week before or anything in pop culture or anything at all that they want us to talk about we've had so many people asking for london tips i cannot even tell you So we're going to have to pull together a few of those. I do understand because London is a bit of an impenetrable city. Like it took me quite a long time to figure out anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's basically no equivalent to like broadsheet in London, which I find crazy. Yes. Because broadsheet just tells you like all the genuinely good restaurants and bars and you get like nice pictures and you can see where you want to go. Well, I actually do have something for you. It's called Dewilipa's Service (laughs) Magic 5 Newsletter. (laughs) And she fucking launched it. Okay, Dua, I'm a fan, but it is so bad. So she launched it and she was doing her tips for London restaurants and they're all just a bit kind of... Jare. Jare. One is one that I had starred already that I'd seen her post on her stories before that looks quite good. It's in Soho, Middle Eastern, I think. But then everything else she was posting were just kind of like spots that people outside of London might think are cool, but people in London don't really think are cool. Yeah. And I thought Dua's 
especially because she's from London, it was just a bit basic. Yep. Basically, me and my boyfriend were going through it, and he was like, this is so bad. I thought she'd have much better tips. But this is and- also what I said to you, whereas I was like, she's not actually going to reveal the actual pl- – like, the yeah. places she'll keep to herself because she doesn't want them to be inundated with the basics that sign up to her With newsletter. her fans, like me? Yes. <laughs> Trying to go and find her. But, yeah, and then she also – launched a podcast which i'm like you are so busy and like <laughs> like, what is that this you is are so busy you need to look after yourself you need to stop taking so much on this is just it just feels random yeah it does and then so i was like okay she launches this podcast and then she says about launching the podcast that she's going to speak to heaps of inspiring people so you think it's kind of like an adjua aboa girls talk thing guess who the first person she had on the podcast was elton john Olivier Roasting. From Balmain? Yes. Okay, like, I would say that's really random. However, as we'll get into in a moment, Naomi Campbell with her glorious little bubba. bub on the cover of Vogue UK, there was a thing being like Oliver Roosting reveals his secret accident or something. So it's, I'm like maybe he's he's actually got a tale to tell. <laughs> I don't know if he told it on – Dua Lipa's podcast, though. That is a random it was just first such guest. A random first guest. I was like, okay, it's not even a cool fashion brand. No, like, no. get on like Dimna. Don't you love Balenciaga? What are you doing? It's random. So, anyway, Dua, here's some PR advice from one of your biggest fans. I don't know how we got here, but the start of the convo was basically to say that everyone who sends in voice notes says, hi, girlies. <laughs> what should her pod have been? Like Adjua's. Yeah, but then Adjua's girls already talk. done it. Yeah, yeah, and Dua's been on Girls Talk, so it can't yeah. be super similar to that. But I just think Adjua's was looking at her like, <laughs> honey. But that's what I was thinking. I was like, there's no – it's not anything original. or It's kind of like when Megan and Harry launched a podcast. It was just random. Obsessed. Have they still not – they've still not done another episode, right? So they haven't, but then they came out and said why, and it's because of all this Joe Rogan nah, shit. that's such a – that's so bullshit. <laughs> they haven't done one since last August, and now they're like, it's because of um, Joe Rogan because yes. there's a scandal and it covers their asses. Probably, yeah. Absolutely not true in yeah. the slightest. And like, they're like threatening to pull their – Podcasts, Spotify will be like, okay, we we'll one still episode have <laughs> where they had 400 have, guests yeah. on one episode. That They're was like, you so have chaotic. no leverage. They're so silly. They could have so easily, whatever, they could have recorded like all those little voice notes they did as just conversations over the course of a week and then just let Spotify roll them out for like four months. Obviously. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Doer's podcast should be, but. I mean, I need to listen to it, but I don't think it's going to be. I saw on TikTok her interviewing Stephen Colbert because I think that he had her on to talk about the podcast as she was showing herself Mm -hmm. as an interviewer. And she was a very, like, thoughtful and considered question asker and speaker. So I do think there's a way that she could have done that in a really cool way. But I think your first guest out the gate, like, it's really got to embody the vibe. Yeah. Like, even if she had Stephen Colbert on as a totally left-of-field person – and they talked about stuff that was weirdly relevant to millennials. But you're like, oh, that's kind of weird and dynamic. Mm-hmm. And unexpected. But the Baumann guy, like, love him. He's iconic in his, like, own way because he was, <laughs> like, hired at 25 and was, like, one of the first black creative directors. But 
they've had their moment. Yeah, they've had their time in the sun. Lest we forget the couture, infamous couture collection. Lest we forget when Gigi and Bella swapped hair colours for the show. It was actually Gigi and Kendall. Oh, yeah, Gigi and Kendall. That was like broke Harper's Bazaar the day that we posted it. (laughs) What a simple time, 2015. (laughs) What a simple time to be alive. Okay, so Naomi Campbell, quick chat. Really not that much to say. The girly keeps info close to her chest Mm. but she's looking heavenly obviously by far best in the best shape as in looking fierce (laughs) supermodel (laughs) from the 90s I, bet, I, I thought, thought you were saying sen- get in shape. People will think I'm talking about weight. I thought your I sentence mean. was finished when you said looking fierce. I was like, stop. Don't say that as a full stop sentence. <laughs> yeah. I was choosing my words carefully, but she looks heaven. She's got a little baby on the cover. Her baby is not named. What? Wait, in, what? Oh, she In didn't. the article. It does have a <laughs> okay. name, I assume. Okay. She's refusing to share the name, refusing to share... The situation, except it was a surrogate and it is her biological child. Okay. Which I guess is like pretty much all the information. <laughs> yeah. But who's the dad? Yeah, that's what you don't know if it's a donor or a. Mm. Knowing I Naomi, I don't. Pain. Like, <laughs> knowing Naomi, I don't think she would have like Russian rouletted it. I think she would have. Oh, yeah. Picked a donor. Yes. Very intentionally. But she basically said they have no home because they're just popping around all the time. That's quite stressful. And, yeah, I just feel like Naomi and Rihanna are really making motherhood very cool. Yeah. Aspirational, chic, sexy, gorgeous, mysterious. I was quite drunk last week. Did we talk about how that's ID or the day's story that said Rihanna – is making me will Rihanna make us want to have babies? <laughs> yeah, I think she will. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, I know she does make pregnancy just look so fucking cool. It's like Alexa Demi slash Maddie on Euphoria when she said, "When I get pregnant, I'm gonna be so fucking hot." And then you cut to Rihanna walking around with her belly out. She just is glowing. It makes it look effortless. She's just going to be one of those mums that's just going to, I don't know. It's obviously not real. It's a facade, but. It's such a, this is the thing that I don't want to get too like high and mighty or hoity-toity about. Hoity-toity. I don't know what I'm saying today. It's like a robot's taken over my body. (laughs) I don't want to get too hoity-toity. I don't think I've ever said those two words before. Do-do-do. But I. We basically think like there is something about this like, glamorization of motherhood that uh, is just kind of annoying in the sense that Rihanna looks so resplendent and beautiful and amazing pregnant because she has a glam team that she pays a bazillion dollars and is wearing $40,000 worth of clothes and probably $5 million worth of jewelry. And it's like, Naomi Campbell talks in the article about how she has a huge roster of nannies who go with her everywhere for every single thing she wants to do. So she has this appearance of smashing motherhood at 51 and still being at the top of her game as a model and traveling to fashion week or whatever, but it's like so enabled by wealth and yeah, yeah. exactly. And also when we see Rihanna out and about looking insane, it's It's obviously calculated (laughs) and 
performed and she called the paparazzi when she had the Chanel coat on and looked insane. It's not, We're not seeing her at home lying on the couch in her track pants. And even like if she'd have been photographed genuinely by the paparazzi, they obviously helped select, I would say, which pictures of that shoot were published. Yes. If she'd have just been walking down the street in that exact same outfit with the exact same glam and taken off guard, she would not have looked anywhere near as good. Like it's, yeah. she would have looked amazing, but it's it's a very, very curated image of motherhood that feels very aspirational and makes us want to be mums because we're like, you can oh, still be easy. hot and cool <laughs> and sexy and stylish and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I listened to Today in Focus for the first time in ages yesterday, or on Valentine's Day actually, and they had a whole episode about the joys and pressures of being single. And basically it was talking about how, which I, I knew that kind of more and more people were single anecdotally as you get older and less people were getting married, but the statistics are actually quite insane. So the number of women who are not living in a couple and who have never married is rising in every age range under 70. Between 2002 and 2018, the percentage of those in their 40s who had never been married doubled. And the CNN did a piece on Valentine's Day as well, saying Americans are less likely to have sex, partner up, and get married than ever before. But despite all of this, obviously there's still such a stigma around being single, which we talked about before. We talked about on my heartbreak ep when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend age 28, turning 29, and felt crazy and all of these weird thoughts that I didn't think I would feel. And I just think it's such an interesting thing to interrogate in society, especially when so many of us are single and it's just I don't know I don't know how we can change also the the fact that men are thought of so differently when they're single than women it's like so fucking frustrating yes agree I love this kind of move towards being aspirationally single I was talking to some friends on the weekend and one of them was saying that it's taken two years of her being single to really settle into enjoying it and it's the first time in her whole life where she's so genuinely happy to be single that she's not even interested in dating. Like she, the idea of going on a date is exhausting. The idea of being home totally alone, watching movies or having nothing to do or just hanging out with friends feels like enough, but it takes a long time to get over the trauma of a breakup and then the stigma that society attaches to finally get into your groove of feeling great about it. But then when you do, it's like the most amazing place to be. And it's a place where so many people in long-term relationships really, really envy you. And yeah. I love the fact that we're finally talking about like that as something that's actually not a sad uh, spinstery state of affairs, but actually more aspirational than being in a long-term relationship in many ways because yeah. it's like this freedom to do so much stuff. It's so liberating and freeing and being able to do anything on your own schedule and not worry about another person. Also, I had no idea till I heard this podcast that the word spinster was actually used, like a proper term that was used yes. for women who weren't married. Well, like, it, they used to become a spinster. Like they'd spin a loom or something as a job and that's why I got associated with it because it was the job that like women who didn't Marry. get married had to do. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> please. And then it reminded me as well of a piece that our friend Pema wrote for Refinery29 a few weeks ago that I read at the time it came out and then I saw Refinery29 shared it on Instagram like over the weekend and I saw heaps of people I know sharing it. And it's called... The joys of focusing on nothing as a single person. And she basically talks about 
everyone assumes, like you say, that if you're single, you're actively dating and you're mm-hmm. actively trying to not be single and you're on all the dating apps and you want to be set up by friends and you're working towards getting away from being single. Or if you're not focusing on dating, you're focusing, it's because you're focusing on your career. It's because you're focusing on optimizing yourself. It's because you're working out all the time It's because you're really busy traveling. It's because you're doing all of these other things. And she was just like, the reality is for many single people, we are just living lives. We're not like crazy ambitious career focused people. And that's the reason we don't have partners. We're just like anyone else. And this pressure put on single people to either be actively dating all the time, or if they're not to be like absolutely killing it career wise, because otherwise what are you doing? Yes. Which I found really interesting. And she also said in the piece that it's that thing where if you're single, people will either like not bring it up because they think you're embarrassed or they'll try and set you up with anyone they know, despite you could be so incompatible with them. Yeah. And it's just this weird social thing that because we don't discuss it, because people are awkward and weird, you just assume people are unhappy or people are wanting to change their circumstances when in reality as you say like so many people are just happily single and want to be that like when I broke up with my ex when I was 25 I actively didn't because I was like I've never been alone properly alone yeah because I'm obviously a crazy romantic Pisces I would have crushes on people and my crushes would be all consuming even if I wasn't dating them even if they didn't like me back yes that would be consuming my brain yes in like this fantasy land of like keeping me occupied. And then I was so sick of that. And I was like, I just want to know that I can be absolutely by myself, not date anyone, not have a crush on anyone, not be texting anyone, not anything. And that's such a liberating, freeing feeling to know you can be independent and you can just do things on your own terms. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard. It's we're essential. given It is. And we're given so much messaging. Like even if I'm being totally honest, when I listen to Day in Focus and one of the ladies was like, I'm single at like 43 happily. My brain was like, what's wrong with her? Like, there must be something wrong with her. Like, like, which I correct myself and be like, you're missing the whole point of the thing. And I don't, I intellectually know that that's fucked up, but I feel like we are given so much messaging constantly from the day of birth about what it means for people to be single that we still carry these, it's, it's like prejudices. Yeah. It's like a prejudice. Like we carry it around with us all the time. And I think unless we talk about it, we're not going to like actively undo all of this messed up learning that yeah. we've picked up from everything every single thing we consume as children every single book we've ever read every single piece of content that you consume basically yeah Pema put in the piece 80 percent of all of the shows and films we consume is about love and mm. relationships so obviously it's just reinforced time and time again but what we've talked about in the past and what i find kind of just funny about the whole thing is the fact that we it's just it is so much weirder for everyone to be in a relationship mm. with someone than it is for people to be single. It's so much weirder and and unlike more unlikely that you're going to meet someone that's actually compatible with you, that's actually like a positive relationship and a positive partnership. It's so strange that everyone is coupled up because it's like, are we really with the person we? should be with or are we really in a happy relationship that's actually fulfilling and actually all of these things that yeah it should be because we only live one life or are we all just settling because we think that we should be with someone you yes. know like it's, it's, it makes Miranda way more Steve sense for people to be energy. single at 40 than it, it does for everyone in the world to have met that person exactly it's, cr- 
crazy. Two things on that. Firstly, it's like queer communities have always known this as well. It's like such a heteronormative thing, this idea of finding a person and like settling down forever in this completely monogamous situation. I feel like there's always been a much more realistic and nuanced and dynamic view of it in queer communities since the dawn of time. And secondly, what was I about to say? (laughs) Oh, secondly, (laughs) I was watching a TikTok the other day that was saying that the reason that so many more women are like actively opting to be single now is because there is this feeling, which I feel like is true, where women have evolved in the most amazing way socially and personally in the last 15 years. And men just seem to have stagnated at 1954 <laughs> and not developed. They're not bringing that much to the table, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, obviously, yeah. some I are. had a conversation about this literally last night with a girl who said she's dated women. She's, I think, I don't know how old she is, actually, probably 27 or something. And she said she's dated women for ages for the past maybe seven years or something basically since she left uni and then she said oh I might just try and go on a date with a guy just to see how it is and then she was just like I will never do that again and we were all everyone around the table all of the women around the table were just like no just don't yeah like because she was just like I went on a date with him he actually was like I forgot that mansplaining is a real term for a reason yes he sat there mansplaining like automobiles to her (laughs) and she was just like it was just actually she was was just like (laughs) it was crazy yeah crazy and like yeah yeah it just hasn't evolved and she was like the emotional connection I get from another woman I will never she's like I don't think I will ever find that with a man and I just believe that I know that some men can be really emotionally intelligent but just I don't believe as much as us no and like the line between someone that's like emotionally intelligent can take care of themselves it's not about being financially set up in the way of someone that's very wealthy but can economically look after themselves is completely self-sufficient has like worked through their problems in therapy doesn't have weird mummy issues isn't a misogynist doesn't have weird bro shitty friends is up to date yeah can clean and just look after himself in a basic way these are pretty basic standard things that colloquially a lot of women find themselves i know so many friends who have these situationships or relationships and then are like i don't know why i dated him like he was just there yeah he didn't bring anything to the table and then you have friends that are so dynamic at like work so interesting to talk to so like stylish and cool and have all these interests and are so well traveled and they just bring like a man <laughs> yeah. like it's crazy yeah and men obviously are amazing and can be so amazing and fascinating but like gay just, ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a real lack of like rising talent rising to the challenge of being an attractive partner i agree and even this conversation this is kind of a tangent but i was just having this conversation with a girl at this dinner i was with last night and she was just like even the fact of just how they will be so what's the phrase purposefully ignorant Yes. About things. Oh, oh, yeah. What? Uh, weaponized ignorance. Yes. Love TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Where the, the example on the TikTok I saw was like these girls having a go at their dad, where they're like, you literally pretend you don't know how to lay a table and you're an engineer for a job. Like you <laughs> pretend that you don't know how the dishwasher works or like how to stir a pot to make dinner or whatever. It's harder to actively not learn to do that than it is to learn yeah. to do it. Just switching off. And even in relationship wise, I just feel. Mm-hmm for the first eight months of dating any man, no matter how old they are. I know we've just switched to really heteronormative like lens again, but just the no matter what age they are, it feels like you're teaching them how to be in a relationship for the first time. Like that's yes. always been my experience. I'm like, how is this 
happening. Yes. We've talked about this with so many examples of things <laughs> where guys will just be like, I just didn't know that. And you're like, okay, you know. Common the, decency the, and respect. Yeah, and but like, you also know the, the average score, like fucking a cricket player batted in 1984. Like it's like you have very good intelligent knowledge for things that you're interested in. Mm. So, yeah, I think. That's a good reason too. Go ladies, stay fucking single till someone blows your socks off. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, speaking of single ladies. <laughs> speaking of aspirationally single women. Yes. These all these topics are very interwoven. Interwoven this week. Yeah, so as everyone on the planet would know, <laughs> Julia Fox and Kanye West are over. They broke up in the most iconic of ways on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Right before got together New Year's Eve, broke up Valentine's Day. He's going to use that lyric in a song for sure. Yes, definitely. And essentially they broke up. Julia posted this amazing statement to her Instagram, which she then deleted. I don't, that seemed quite out of character for her, but she said that she's a number one hustler, which I found so funny and denied that she was crying over Kanye, said they were on good terms, but they'd broken up. And obviously believe that whole heartedly yes she's not sitting at home upset about it no definitely not (laughs) she's just looking at the half a million instagram followers she got in the past six weeks Mm -hmm. and then that same day a huge cut piece came out on her which is a massive photo shoot as you just reminded me jergen teller shot it and when we were in paris we lined up for his book signing and Richie Shazam, who's Julia's best friend, who's in the photo shoot with her that Jurgen Teller did for the cut, was lining up with us to get the book signed. And we were chatting to her about it. So that's just the funniest full circle moment and shows how much their lives have changed in the past six weeks. All of them, as we said last week, she's brought her friends along for the ride, which is so cool. Yes. It's amazing. This happens all the time with Jurgen Teller, like whenever he does those portfolios for W. And people are like, what are these images? They're so weird. I'm like, sorry, you don't understand art? (laughs) 
fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this, yeah, people were like making fun of this photo shoot everywhere. This is very classic his vibe. It's these slightly surreal urban landscapes where weird things that make you feel kind of uncomfortable happen. So you've got Julia just laying on a pile of like dirty snow in latex. Yes. <laughs> which I love. She's got the iconic eyes on. Pat McGrath, right? Did it again. It's so good. And it's just all of her mates just hanging out. And I feel like it just perfectly encapsulates what her vibe is, which is just this Lower East Side queen with like a ragtag group of friends who have just suddenly found themselves in the limelight and are like tongue-in-cheek poking fun at it while also milking it for as much as they can for their own benefit. Yeah. Which is why it's great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then – also, so iconically, the day they break up, I just, it's just, I, she's just, I know none of this, heaps of this isn't planned, but it's just so iconic and makes her just feel so much cooler that the day they broke up, she then made her New York Fashion Week debut. She opened a show wearing this insane, tight, black bodycon cutout dress, looking so amazing. And then everyone was just like, it's the Princess Diana revenge dress for 20 <laughs> years later. Which is so true. Yeah, that is true. I think that there's a certain attitude online of people viewing it as embarrassing for her or like she overly publicized it and now it's over really quickly and that it looks like she, I don't know. I just think as we've said through this whole short and sorry chapter of history, (laughs) she fully understood the situation and that it was going to last five minutes from the get-go and that's why she utilised it the way she did. And when she says she's a number one hustler, as we'll talk about in a minute, Azalea Banks and her been like fighting and it's really funny, but she, Azalea Banks said something like, you're a number one hustler and what did you get, like a Birkin bag? and She goes, a bag and some Lucians (laughs) for dinner. But it's not about that. It's like what she's hustled is global name recognition. Yeah, fame. Fame on the most extreme level and like a personal branding exercise unlike any other since Kim Kardashian's makeover by Kanye. She's done this whole thing not changing who she is one bit and presenting herself exactly as what she is for anyone that's interested, which will be a lot of people. I'm just trying to get into the brain of this because obviously they met on New Year's Eve and it was so quick the way she jumped on the horse and and made this happen to get to where we are now. In six weeks, you could not have done any better. She's been on the cover of Cut. She's been an interview mag. She's been on Call Her Daddy. She's been walked in New York Fashion Week. She is up for being in a Madonna biopic and all of these insane things. Paris Oakadour Fashion Week. She's cemented herself as this fashion darling. It's just quite crazy that you can do that in six weeks. I would have sat around for the first four weeks and then been like, oh, maybe I should. Yeah, I would have been like, I'm going to be discreet. And then we would have broken up and I would have been like, I missed the boat. Yeah, (laughs) and there would have been one – because that's what happens is that celebrities date these people and, you know, for example, I don't know, Scott Disick, he's obviously nowhere near as famous as Kanye – But these girls date Scott Disick because it's Scott Disick, obviously. And their names, you hear of their names and you see a couple of page six photos of of them and then you just forget. Yes. It just disappears because they're being too coy and chill about it. But if you know something's not going to last forever because it is a press thing, why not be like this? And it almost felt like there was a tacit understanding between them about exactly what 
the whole thing was, which is why I think it all played out the way that it did. She even addressed that in the article about, you know, celebrities and them hiding away and trying to be private. And she said that celebrities are not that fucking important. You can tell us about your stupid fucking date. We're in a pandemic. Give people something to talk about. Do your fucking service. Do your job. Which I loved. I think like what her and we'll get to Kanye in a second, but what like her and Kanye have done in the way that they've discussed the relationship has really lifted the veil on how celebrity culture works and how we're going to talk about parasocial relationships in a second and it really connects to this. How there is just this give and take relationship between the public and stars where we agree to be interested in celebrities because they agree to make us interested in them by partaking in these semi-public relationships that kind of play out a little bit like their own little romantic comedies or romantic movies. And it's just all an ecosystem that we're part of and it helps them sell products and become more famous and it just passes the time for us, (laughs) gives us something to be interested in. And I think that the fact that she's so open and honest about that and kind of takes away the seriousness with which so many celebrities pretend to treat. Obviously, everyone's entitled to privacy. I don't think it's about privacy. I think it's about people who very intentionally. Like Anna Damas and Ben Affleck going on their stupid little yeah. paparazzi walks. Yeah, it's that where it's you're so obviously doing it as this alignment of brands, but the way they went about it was embarrassing because they're kind of trying to act like it's not what they're doing and that they actually are really serious actors. <laughs> they're actually really serious actors and A-list people and they're above it while at the same time they're so shamelessly doing it this way that like Kanye and Julia Fox are being just open and honest about the reality of it I think is very refreshing. Yeah, I love it. Also, when they broke up, you put on the doc vibe. She wrote, Jesus Christ, what do you think I am, 12 years old? Julia Fox said it. She took to Instagram stories to dispel any rumors she may have been upset about her relationship with Kanye West ending. The media would love to paint a picture of a sad, lonely woman crying on a plane by myself, but it's not true, she continued, before adding, she hasn't cried since 1997. (laughs) Like, as if. I love her. I believe it. Uncut jams. Uncut jams. Yeah, where's the thing? Where's the thing? (laughs) So, obviously, we love her, an icon, but she's fucking funny. (laughs) And I sent Grace this stupid fucking TikTok over the weekend, which now my algorithm thinks all I want to see is people saying uncut jams. Same. (laughs) That's all. I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote uncut jams. Right. Uncut jams. (laughs) Uncut jams. What one have you got? Do you have a different one? Oh yeah, I don't know if it will work on sound only. Oh, because he is he just is he just miming it? No, it's like I'll find it. Uncut jams. Uncut jams. Oh yeah, this. <laughs> it's like my brain every four hours since I've seen that video. <laughs> She was typing with her acrylics. That was um, what the noise was. Yeah, I love, I love her. <laughs> the only downside for her that she might not have accounted for in this is that nefarious, gross thing that we've talked about before, where women in Hollywood or in the public eye tend to be seen as valuable or disposable based on their like adjacency to a man. Yes. So the fact that we've talked about before how, like, 
Kim holds a specific place in pop culture that maybe Kylie doesn't because Kanye made these insane public declarations of love, married her in this lavish ceremony and has been until recently like a highly, even still now, as we'll talk about in a second, highly committed, obsessed spouse. Whereas like Travis Scott is known to have, like they've had this on and off. Yeah, he's ne- he never posts about her. He never talks about her. It's like ASAP Rocky and Rihanna. Obviously Rihanna's a bad example because she was already a queen in our eyes, but the way that he dotes on her and treats her like a queen and then, yeah, the, the way Tristan Thompson treated Chloe like shit and now we don't care about Chloe. And yeah. And now we don't care about Kylie because Travis Scott doesn't seem to give a shit. Yeah, I wonder if that will affect Julia Fox. I mean, I, I think the kind of people that think that way is not her target audience anyway, so yeah. I guess it won't happen. But I do wonder if, like, the fashion things and the – um. She didn't have enough time. Like, Kim had a lot of time to, like, use the benefit of being in Kanye's orbit to, like, cement her own thing. Yeah, but kind of what they say in the cut piece, which is interesting, is uh, Kim had years to try and convince the cool kids that she was cool. But yes. with Julia Fox, she is a cool kid. Is and cool all kid. of the cool kids already think she's cool. So it's more, like, the opposite. It's more trying to convince chuggy normies that yes. Julia Fox is not embarrassing. But she doesn't give a shit about that anyway. Yes. Whereas Kim was like yes. already liked by Chuggy Normies and she was trying to convince the fashion world and the cool people. So I think she'll be fine, but I think it will I, – I think her next moves annoyingly will be quite kind of important because yes. she could just disappear. Yes. Agree. Which wouldn't be good. If she'd kind of landed some like key roles or something, if yeah. the relationship had extended a few months and she could have got – the well, Debbie she, Lazar part of the Madonna yes. thing and then, like, one other thing. But a lot of the stuff that people will think she got because of Kanye, she's already got already had beforehand. Yeah. She mentioned some meow pants, trousers. I she was, noticed that. She literally was like, those trousers were mine, not Kanye's. I was like, Julia, we're getting very nitty gritty here. <laughs> getting very much into the details of, like, what Kanye did and didn't do for you. No one was asking about the meow pants. Everyone yes. knows. Yes, no one was like, who sourced these? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool brand, but it's, you know, wasn't Balenciaga. (laughs) Um, So, yes, the other thing dampening, obviously, this whole Julia Fox Kanye West debacle is Kanye West's recent behavior, which went from being kind of funny to being abusive. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. So he started posting. Basically, it's hard to keep up because he posts and then he deletes, which is also so funny because I'm like, normal people can post and delete. If you're Kanye West and you have millions and millions of people watching your every move, there is no point in deleting it because the screenshots are everywhere. Yeah. But I guess it shows that he regrets it maybe. It's at such a rapid rate as well that I've had to like go on TikTok accounts to just make sure I've caught up on everything I might have missed because it'll be done in an eight-hour period. Yes. So it was kind of funny over the weekend when I woke up to you sending me a screenshot of this collage he'd he'd gotten some, like, lowly person to – who made that? Was it made in Canva? Not even. So someone pasted – obviously everyone has seen this, but it was two sides. Was it like a Marvel film or something? The Avengers, yeah. And – Kanye is the leader of one team and then Pete is the leader of the other team, like not even Kim. The picture is- of Pete is like, I don't know why it just like sent me. Like I just, every time I looked at it, I couldn't stop laughing. It's just the, like, it's the funniest image choice of him 
I can't even, I'm bringing it up. And Pete Davidson, because Pete, like, <laughs> he's just like smiling like, like an egg. Yeah, and he's just kind of like, why am I here? Like, he looks yes. like he probably felt about the collage. And then on their team, it's Kim, Kid Cudi, Billie Eilish, who just leave the girl alone. Like, what did she even do? And then Taylor Swift, know, which is the, the little one at the bottom. of it all. It's so funny. I think, yeah, so it got into dark territory quite quickly. But I do think at this point that Kanye is funny. Like, I think people forget that because they think he's just manic. But he's... Well, it's like a Trump Trump thing. Like, Trump is funny. Trump is hilarious. Yeah. it's. But I'm like, Kanye is... Inte- that he's being intentionally funny with yeah. that. Like, he's a funny guy. He makes jokes a lot. He actually says genuinely funny things a lot of the time. His Twitter's fucking hilarious. Like... Yeah, when he said Kylie, he, he put up a tweet that said, Kylie smells. <laughs> and then she commented on it being like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's... His Twitter's really funny. So when that was going up, it was just kind of hilarious because it was so stupid. And putting the Taylor Swift in is really funny. Yeah. And I think it was kind of serious, obviously, because he's, like, pissed off at those people. But it was mainly a joke. But then I feel bad because I do feel like he was egged on by people finding it funny. And that's why it got serious and darker. So it was was kind of, like, codependent, fucked up, toxic spiral of, like, the fans and Kanye. Mm -hmm. But it got quite serious quite quickly. But well, also, it's not even quite serious quite quickly. It just, like, went down a dark pathway, like, quite quickly. But it's just the way he's – the way – so then he starts posting photos of Kim and Pete out on a date and then he's sending trucks of flowers to her house, which is just – it's not romantic. It's not nice behavior. Basically on the ute where he sent this huge truckload of roses on Valentine's Day to her house, which she isn't even at cause she's in New York – Heaps and heaps and heaps of people were commenting, being like, get back together, Kimye forever. I love this. Like, yes, yes, yes. And it's like, no, no, no. This is someone refusing to take no for an answer. Yeah. This is someone imposing themselves on someone else's life. When they have said no, they're getting a divorce. They're dating someone else. Yeah. And this person is like buying a house across the street from them, posting pictures of them, obviously harassing them by a text. Sharing screenshots of their private messages. Yes, scaring, yeah. sharing screenshots, talking about their children publicly, threatening your new boyfriend. Like this is a, abuse. And I know that Kanye is mentally unwell and he's probably going through a manic episode right now. And that is a big factor in this, but I just don't think it excuses this kind of behavior. Like I know we can, we can talk about it and like obviously include that in the conversation because it is important to know, but I'm also like, that doesn't you, you can't no it's so offensive to people with mental health to act as if like you're completely you, you have no culpability like, or awareness really of your actions yeah. when you're yeah and that it's okay to yeah and and like you say i think the biggest thing with the pete davidson stuff like that avengers thing was was kind of funny but really what it's doing is trying to humiliate pete davidson firstly like the post he put up calling him skeet which i don't know why i just find it funny because <laughs> unless it means something i don't know what it means i just find it funny that he calls him skeet yeah but he like putting up those pictures of him where he looks kind of demasculated like the one he put up with machine gun kelly where he's like in his underwear and like having a pillow fight as an obvious joke and he put you this man will never meet my children or something it's it's intentionally done to like try and humiliate pete davidson and make him look like not man enough to date his ex-wife to a really loyal massive audience and it's meant to intimidate him and scare him Mm. it's essentially threatening him with violence like he shared the screenshot that kim of a text kim sent him saying like you're literally putting pete's 
uh, Peter in danger. His safety at risk by doing mm-hmm. this. And if something happens to him, it'll be your fault because you incited this. Doing that is such a classic, classic tactic of abuse or manipulation and emotional abuse because not only are you scaring off her current partner, but you're also almost like putting the flag out there to anyone that she might date in the future that this is the kind of treatment they could be in for, which would be terrifying. Like if you weren't a very public person or for anyone, but especially Mm. if you aren't a celebrity who's not used to that kind of thing, you could see that and just say, sorry, this is too much for me, which a lot of, you know, partners do to women who are in abusive situations. They just find the atmosphere with an ex-husband too difficult to deal with. So I think it's, yeah, we shouldn't underplay it or undersell it because it's really fucked up. I know. It's quite... I just feel so sorry for Kim right now Same. having to deal with that and also with the kids. Yeah. And her kids are old enough now that they'll be kind of – I don't know how old North is, but, like, even, like, the cousins, like, Mason is on TikTok, Mason's online. Like, these kids are now seeing this stuff for themselves, whereas when they were younger, you could kind of shelter them from it in a, in a lot of ways. You could actually make it so that North and Mason and all of those kids wouldn't actually know what was going on, but I don't think you can do that anymore. Yeah, and I was watching like a clip from Kim talking about the divorce on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and she has always been such a class act about the way she's discussed the relationship breakdown when it's very, very clear from the outside that it's, you know, he couldn't live in the same state as his family. He wanted to move around constantly. He wanted to prioritize his career, things that are kind of on the record. The way she discussed in the show was, He deserves someone that can do that with him. He's a musical genius and he deserves a wife that supports him. I feel like such a failure for not being able to do that, but I need to provide stability for the kids. She's never, ever come out and slammed him or spoken negatively about him when she has more reason to than he does. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) And it just makes it like so much more upsetting to see that she's taken the high road like over and over and over again. And Mm. this is how she's being publicly treated. It's just not nice. Yeah. And just the way she's evolved as a person. What was it that I was... Oh, I was reading about Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton and why they broke up. And Angelina Jolie was just talking about how she got into activism and was really evolving as a person and becoming much more just caring about the environment, caring about other people and wanting to help the world. And it's like Kim has kind of gone through that journey of her own. Mm. She's, She's just past the baby bar. She's starting to be a lawyer. She's working in prison reform. She's doing all of these things to actually help the world. And she said in that Vogue US cover story that she's finally figuring out who she is and what she wants to do and what she wants to focus on. And now she's having to deal with abuse for it. Yeah. For not, yeah, it's just fucking annoying. So something that connects to that is this piece that was in The Observer this week about parasocial relationships, which I think we might have discussed that phrase before maybe we haven't yeah we have we've discussed it about john mulaney and olivia munn and we were talking yeah there was a piece there was a massive piece about parasocial relationships that was really good and talking about how with him we were made to feel embarrassed that we were so caught up in his relationship breakdown and his marriage breakdown but he pulled us into that through his comedy yes yes so there's a new piece about it and i think that it, it kind of just touches on a lot of the things that have already been said about parasocial relationships, but I think it's very interesting talking about it in the context of, like, Kim, basically this these two couples, Kim and Pete and Kanye and Julia Fox, because there's all these interesting ways in which this parasocial relationship dynamic is, like, playing into it. So, for example, the fact that all these fans are egging on 
Kanye with these acts of affection because they're so emotionally invested in the idea of Kimye as a really important pop culture couple Mm. is such an example of it gone awry because there will be this knock on effect of him thinking that that him seeing that as ammo to keep doing it because he's bought into he almost has a parasocial relationship with his own relationship of like seeing Kim Ye as a whatever it is uh yeah he thinks a brand or yeah if they get back together yes and people are so invested in that idea like it's obviously I think of Jennifer Aniston as someone that's just been plagued by this like parasocial relationship thing her whole life because people have such a hang up on her as if she's actually our friend and we know the nuances of her life she's such a perfect person for this single thing yes where we all look at her and feel sorry for her but she broke up with justin through obviously has a really good relationship with him has a really good relationship with brad pitt could date anyone she wants yes and is clearly just very happy yes exactly but i think there is this this thing now where like obviously kim is doing this too with the pete davidson stuff like i get that they're just dating and they're very famous, so they're going to get paparazzi following them around and whatever. But there is a, a definitely a PR spin basis to that relationship and how it's being orchestrated in mm. terms of the photographers and the outfits and where they go and what they're doing together and blah, blah, blah. And obviously it happened with Julie Fox and Kanye as well. I think what's interesting about parasocial relationships is that you have <sighs> – Kanye was saying in his Instagram caption something about – athletes perform in the super bowl <laughs> and i'm the way i play the media cycle is like an athlete playing in the super bowl like i am performing at this top level of being a public figure and i think that's really interesting because i do think the spectacle of celebrity relationships is kind of like sport for girls <laughs> mm. we're across it and know all the players and all the people and when things change and we like watch it unfold the way men <laughs> not just men but predominantly men watch sporting matches yeah and it's interesting because like sport it's this two-way street of you get overly invested in something that doesn't actually matter and it can affect your whole day or whatever like men who go crazy and are violent after sports games but then at the same time we go crazy and are violent (laughs) over Kanye sending Kim flowers (laughs) yeah and then over the daily mail selling Julia Fox was crying yes exactly we do we freak out we think it's like yeah the most exciting thing ever when these developments happen And in the same way that these athletes, you know, are victim to the whims of public opinion and winning and losing and blah, 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 their whole careers is based off people being invested in them in that way. And I think that celebrities, the biggest celebrities in the world are as famous as they are because they have pandered to this like public investment in their private lives. Yeah, which is very interesting. I like the bit that you pulled out about Camille Charrier, who's the... What is she? Influencer and model and writer. Yeah. She's a fashion girl, podcaster. She's very cool and stylish, but I just don't know what she does. Um, She said in the piece that she intentionally teases and showcases parts of her relationship with her husband because it drives engagement. Like they know what they're doing. And I think a lot of the time we kind of, we, we, we just fall for the fact that they don't, I don't know. We just don't think that that's an, an actual thing that's going through people's brains. But then when they speak about it, like Kirsten Dunst saying, the reason I probably haven't been nominated for an Oscar is because I don't play the game. Yeah. It's so crazy how much it can change your whole career if you do buy into it. And Julia Fox is the perfect example of buying into it and it changing probably the course of her life. 
Yeah. So Camille Charrier put, sharing your children, your boyfriend, the inside of your home, perhaps about your mental health or other illness struggles, family stuff, all that performs better on social media, anything that's very intimate and relatable and that other people can identify with. The things that used to work, keeping it impersonal and just showing your outfits like we used to do, don't really work anymore. That's something that anyone with a large social media following will be able to see, which posts generate higher engagement. So interesting. So interesting. So even yeah. cele- I feel that's even happening with celebrity culture now where it's like Kim will know that. Kim will know her version of that will be the metrics with which people search for her name or whatever it is. And that if she goes outside wearing an amazing Balenciaga outfit, it's going to hit a certain level of search and craze and excitement versus if she steps out with Pete Davidson or if there's yeah. a rumor she's dating yeah. someone. It is just a game that is operating on like every level of. I know. And then it's funny because you, I, I this stupid, I don't know, naive or just something part of me is just like, why do you care so much about staying relevant? But I guess when that's your whole brand and your whole kind of identity like I understand for people like Camille Charrier because it's it's money and it's and and you're working in such a competitive industry where there's people coming up that would that would be the stressful thing there's people coming up every single day now with the way that celebrity has split I think we've talked about it in the past there's no real like crazy Hollywood stars like there used to be because now there's so many different facets of celebrity where everyone's off in their own corners of the internet it would be really stressful and that's like your money and that's your job and that's how you make an income and survive and live so. I understand it for her, but I, I do think for people like Kim Kardashian and I'm just like, why do you need to stay that crazy famous? But I guess it just, it, you would feel so irrelevant if suddenly you weren't the thing that everyone was talking about if you had been forever. Yeah. It would just be such a weird thing to get your head around. Totally. And I imagine there's things like with her going and pitching skims to investors or like growing whatever the deals she wants to land would be super tied to how relevant she's seen to be in the, yeah. at any given moment. So yeah. I'm sure they plan this hullabaloo. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like this. It's Grace's 80th birthday. I literally, I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's cute. No, I, but yeah, it, she would be capital. There would be talks about how to capitalize. Maybe after she gets over the emotional trauma of her ex-husband being heinous, there'll be moments in which there is a capitalization on how popular she is right now in terms of like business prospects, I would imagine. But it's just yeah. kind of scary. It's- I guess it is even the thing we were talking about the other week with all the celebrities who own all the bars and all the restaurants and all the bar bar. It's like how much money is just enough money? But exactly. the answer is non-existent what is it the answer the limit does not exist (laughs) hey girlies i am currently four episodes deep into inventing anna the new netflix series that came out yesterday in australia about anna delvey would love to hear your thoughts especially given julia fox's instagram commentary that's going along with the episodes okay bye okay ladies we are off to patreon now we just teased you before with a talking about the voice notes. So we're going to play one and then we're going to answer the question in the Patreon app. Clickbait, clickbait. Clickbaiting. Join me. us there. Join us for some cute close friends content, etc., etc. Um, We love you. Bye. Bye.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.